0: Arkansas is playing Mississippi State this weekend in Starkville. Can the Razorbacks win this game without KJ Jefferson being able to play? We'll talk about that as well as did Alabama cross the line with their social media post? It's kind of sketchy. Break that down as well and talk about the Nissan moment of the week here on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks Podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch you every weekday afternoon from one to four on 1037TheBuzz and 1037TheBuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to Bet Online where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a wonderful a wonderful a, uh, Wednesday afternoon here as we're getting ready for Arkansas and Mississippi State. Coming up this weekend in Starkville, quite a, a big big game, big game to say the least. It's just a little stressful right now because nobody really knows the status of, you know, what Arkansas's mentality is, what, what they're looking at right now or, or whatever they may be. And it, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary at this point in time. But the main reason that it's a little bit scary or sketchy or, mysterious, however you want to put it, is because of K.J. Jefferson. And K.J. Jefferson's status, as of right now, is completely and totally up in the air. We don't know what how healthy he is. We don't even know the extent of what he's dealing with. There has been some assumptions that it has been a concussion that he has been dealing with and being in concussion protocol. Uh, nothing confirmed. But what we do know is that he is injured and that he is day to day and that there is a very good chance that he does not play this weekend against Mississippi State. Now when I started thinking about this, which you know, everybody knows how much I love KJ as a quarterback. Like I know that there's been times he hasn't been perfect this year, but I still think he's he's awesome. Like I think he he has really uh you know shown leadership at times, his clutch moments have been great. Ever since that fumble though against Texas A&M, something's just been off. But I still have a lot of belief and a lot of faith in K.J. Jefferson. I really do. But now it gets to the point to where when you're facing Mississippi State, a team that's actually really good, a top 25 team, a team that's coming off of a nice win against Texas A&M, you start to wonder about can this team win without him? Can this team win without K.J. Jefferson? Arguably the best player on your offense. Can they do it? And I've been going back and forth on this. I have been trying to figure this out. I have been trying to look at all the pros, all the cons, all the you know possible you know benefits that could be happening from here, the possible worst-case scenarios that could be happening from here. And I think that I've come to this conclusion, because let's be honest. We know that it's going to be Malik Hornsby or Cade Ford, and we talked about that yesterday. It might be a combination of both, for all we know, kind of depending on what the game goes along. Or it may just be one if one's able to get it done. We know that Malik Hornsby's more of the running quarterback, and we know that Cade Fortin is more of the passing quarterback. At least that's what uh, Sam Pittman has said. So uh, it, it's going to come down to the decision that they want to make and what they feel most comfortable in when they get their players out there on the field and, and trying to figure it out. Mississippi State, though, is a really good offensive team. There's no doubt about that. They pass for 800 million yards a game, it seems like. But that's Mike Leach's system. Uh, they like to move fast they like to score quickly and they they like to to make big plays which arkansas obviously has struggled with defensively in this game but honestly the defense is what is what we're just gonna know like I, I saw somebody uh reporting that they're you know even like a guy like hudson clark's been moving into the secondary or into the safety position a little bit just trying to maneuver things around which everyone's like in panic but like oh my gosh we're screwed it's like okay, yeah, it may not be great, but at least give the coaching staff like credit. They're trying to figure things out. They're trying to try new things to try to you know, cover this issue up. So I'm at least giving them credit for trying. We'll see if it actually pays off. But um, you're going into this game where you know what your defense is. Your defense is not good in the secondary. Your defense has some good pass rushers. It's, it's fairly good at stopping the run, although against Bama they, they rush for a lot. But a lot of those came in the final fourth quarter. You did a good job for three quarters at least. But uh, we know what the defense is. So put that aside. Like, Mississippi State's going to score on you. It's going to happen. Can your defense maybe just do enough? We all know that. Let's move on from that. It's about KJ right now. It's about KJ being the quarterback or not being the quarterback in this game. And can this offense work without him? Arkansas's offense has actually been pretty good this year. They're they're pretty much uh, close to scoring, at least, their average of what they were last year. They were about 35 points per game. Uh, just last season, which, honestly, I know that people gave crap to Kendall Bryles and started saying about how terrible he was or terrible of a play caller he was or whatever it may be, but still, he was averaging uh, five touchdowns a game, which is pretty good. Arkansas, right now, is averaging 32 points a game, so pretty close to it. Uh, The total yardage is actually pretty balanced for the most part. I think last year, Arkansas averaged close to 500 yards per game, and it was like 250 and 250. Well, right now, they're only about 460 yards per game, a little under that, but still pretty balanced where it's 226 passing, 232 rushing. But, you know, we don't need to get into the defense. But the point is, since the offense is what we're discussing, it's pretty on pace scoring wise, yardage wise, all of that compared to last year. The only difference is, is that right now you're turning the ball over at a much higher rate than what you were last year, which has proven to be very problematic. But KJ not being in the game, not being having your QB one, not having your leader, not having the guy that's, uh, you know, been the the bread and butter of this offense not only last year but so far this year. If you don't have him, you know, what type of impact is that going to have? Well, it's going to be if you're going to take a step back, like it's not going to be as good. It's not to say that you kill you still can't do some things offensively, move the ball effectively. You know, it's not saying that, but it is saying that it's it's it's. There's a reason why he's QB1. There's a reason why we haven't seen Malik Hornsby or Cade Fortin much at all, because KJ's the guy. So now that you have to move on from KJ, we'll say Malik Hornsby is the guy. We'll say that he is going to be the starting quarterback in this game against Mississippi State. We'll go ahead and give him that benefit. If it ends up being him, I actually believe Arkansas can still win. Now, obviously, they got to do some things that maybe – Uh, assumed, but, you know, they'll still have to actually execute it. But I think that Malik Hornsby is a good enough runner, a good enough option quarterback, a good enough athlete to be able to keep the other defense on their toes. But the thing is, is he's not going to be able to do it with his passing game because for at least from what we've seen, we haven't seen much from him. So there's obviously a reason why that he doesn't pass too much. It might not be his strength. But we do know that he has his legs, and I think that that's where they can keep the, the entire defense on their toes is that when he has the ball and they're running some RPO, not only will you have to worry about Rocket Sanders, Dominique Johnson, Rashad DeBinney, and A.J. Green, but now you're going to have to worry about essentially – I don't even call him another running back. Because KG, you could kind of say was a running back because of his big body and his bruiser. But you're having to worry about like a Joe Adams – Playing the wildcat almost, and maybe that's not the best comparison. i was just trying to think of some six-speed fast dude back there that's not going to run you over all the time, uh, but he's got so much speed that if you blink it in, in in the flash of a uh, of an eye, he's gone. Like it's essentially they're going to have to run a wildcat with their fastest athlete out there, which is a scary thing. We've seen that happen in, in college football where anytime you have a quarterback with insane speed. You know, even regardless of what his arm can do, it's a scary thing. And it's not even just running the RPO. It's not even just, you know, running the ball, which I think can be really effective. Because let's be honest, Mississippi State is, if they find out Malik Hornsby starting, they're just going to pack the box with eight people and say, and dare him to throw, dare him to throw, which they got to be prepared for. But even if it's not RPOs, if it's like a third down and long situation, third and eight, obvious passing situation, snap the ball, Malik Hornsby's back there. I think the offensive line is good enough to give him time, to give him time to throw, but they also are good enough to give him enough time to run, which can be extremely problematic if they don't have the right spy on Malik Hornsby. If he goes back there and it's one count, two count, three count, and there's nobody open because they, they dropped everybody back or, or whatever, Malik Hornsby's going to be able to beat any spy that Mississippi State has. And so he's just going to take off running that third and long gainer and it's going to be extremely demoralizing for a Mississippi State defense I think he's good enough to have that it's just a matter of Arkansas doing that they got to run the ball effectively and on those obvious passing downs I'm, I'm not it's not like I'm saying I don't want Malik to throw because I think you have to throw like you have to pass the ball to be able to have some sort of effectiveness offensively but I don't want him forcing anything I would rather have him take off running Than him sitting there and doing his reads. And if nobody's open, trying to force a throw. No, 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 dude. Just don't force anything. Don't try to be, don't try to have the big arm hero. Take off. Do that because I think you have a better chance of getting a first down. You have a better chance of staying alive than giving it up. And so this might cause some sacks. This might cause some no gainers. This may cause some frustration for us. Like, why aren't you throwing it? I'd rather him. Be safe because his legs are great. Don't know about his arm. Rather him do that. And that's assuming that Malik Hornsby would start and play in this game of quarterback. If Cade Fortin does, I'll be honest. I don't know enough about Cade Fortin. I have not seen Cade Fortin enough to know whether or not he can just come in and, and win a game. Maybe he can. Maybe he'll shock us all. But it's hard for me to speak on it one way or the other because we just don't know much about him. Uh, but I'll say this, and we can close in the, in the segment on this uh, note too. I think. That this could be a moment to where Malik Hornsby, especially, or Cade Fort, one of the two, can have their K.J. Jefferson moment back against Missouri in 2020. Remember that game on the road against Missouri? You did lose. But Felipe Franks couldn't go, and K.J. Jefferson, the backup quarterback, the unknown, the uncertainty, he came in. And what did he do? He balled out. He wrecked them. I think he threw for four touchdowns in that game. And everyone was like, and even Sam Bain was like, nah, we don't need another quarterback. We don't need to go to the portal. This is our guy next year. This could be a moment for a Malik Hornsby. This could be his time to say, you know what? Forget all the haters. Forget what everybody said about me. Let me come in and let me prove that I am good enough to be the quarterback here. Let me prove that. This is his moment on the road against a tough SEC opponent. This is his time. He needs to go out and he needs to showcase that. And if he does, boy, you feel a lot better about next year's quarterback situation, don't you? <laughs> but I I think it's a great opportunity. And if he goes out there and wins the game, Arkansas is pretty set. Point is that they can win without KJ Jefferson. Doesn't mean it gives them their best chance but they can win without K.J. Jefferson. They just got to be able to not make mistakes and put their guys in position to be successful. Easier said than done, but I believe they can. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you find. And as always, BetOnline remains to be your continued source for all of your sport wagering information and live betting and the up-to-minute sources Scores uh, and sources for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head over to betonline.yet or use your mobile device to learn more at betonline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so uh, I know that we have moved on from Arkansas and Alabama, and, and I don't want to bring up the game anymore because, like I said, we we just uh, we like I we just need to move on because it's over. Like you're, it's Wednesday and all of that. That being said, I I saw this. This was actually sent to me by a few people yesterday. It was uh, I think it was during my show, my radio show, actually, about the uh, social media account for Alabama and what they put out there um after the game what they because they do these game posters and, and, and whatnot and they put out this one dealing with Arkansas and it was their game poster and you know it's just like if it's a graphic and if you haven't seen this yet go to the uh you can go to my Twitter account at Buzz John neighbors I retweeted it yesterday um but a lot of Razorback fans were upset by this by, by upset by this graphic and, and let me tell you why and I'm going to try to describe it in the best way I can. So it's a graphic essentially where you have uh, in the back in, in the big background, it's got when pigs fly and it's got Alabama's defense uh, kind of shown there in the graphic for the defensive players after making a big play, they're celebrating. Well, they're celebrating while KJ Jefferson is down on the ground and what was presumably uh, the play where he ended up getting his injury. And some people were saying, wow, this is uh, this is pretty classless because it's showing that say, cage, especially from Alabama, who's had quarterbacks with injuries and, and, you know, especially concussions and even the Tua situation that we even talked about uh, last week. Uh, they had uh, they had this graphic of all of them standing above KJ and celebrating when he's down on the ground injured. And everybody that at least I saw Razorback fans talked about how classless this was and how uh, this this should never happen. I saw it. And at first I was kind of like, whatever, you know, this is that's just dumb social media people doing. But then I started thinking about, like, you know, I get what they were doing. And because I think a lot of people do this, but there's a matter of going maybe a little too far, trying to be too trolling. Social media has become this. And I don't want to sound like my old man yelling at a cloud, but social media has kind of become this thing, especially when it we're talking about in the context of official team accounts trolling other teams at the end of beating. Like some like Arkansas has done, it and I thought it was really funny. You know, when they beat Ole Miss, they had the, the lane train thing. It was Thomas the train and it falls down. And it had, like, you know, stuff like that is it, cheeky and it's funny. And it's kind of funny if you're a Razorback fan, but it's not classless. It's not like you're. You know, you're, you're, you're doing anything that feels like you're crossing the line. You're just kind of being jokey and hokey. I, I appreciate that. And even when other teams do it to Arkansas, I can respect it. I can respect it if, you know, they uh, they, they have some fun at the expense of, you know, the hogs being pork or, you know, whatever. It, it's do whatever you want. I don't care. I can respect it if it's the least clever and uh, unique. But this was one of those things where I'm like, you know, I don't know if that was the best thing that they needed to do. And I'm not saying this just as a break. I would say this if Arkansas, like say, like because obviously Bryce Young got hurt. I would have said if Arkansas would have beaten Alabama and they would have put out and Arkansas would have put out a graphic after the game of all their defensive players standing over Bryce Young as he's on the ground injured, I would have said the same thing. I would be like, no, that's i don't I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, I, I think that it's injuries and player safety is a very important thing in college football and just in football in general. and, you could have had this graphic be just fine if you hadn't had KJ on the ground injured. Like, you could have had it to where, you know, one of their big plays that they had in the fourth quarter. You could have had it to where, um, you know, you you got the fumble when uh, DeBinion uh, ended up coughing it up. Like, you could have done a lot of different things. And the fact that you chose this and the fact that this tweet is still up, I, I just don't like it. They're not, I'm not trying to say him to take them down, and I'm not saying fire the graphic person or the marketing person or whatever that the social media intern that did this. I'm not saying that either. I just don't like this look. You're Alabama for crying out loud. I can enjoy a good trolling, but leave injured players out of it. Like, don't do that. You don't, there's no need for that. You could have done something completely differently and clever and all of that stuff by not doing this. So People were really upset by it. Razorback fans, I should say, were really upset by it and kind of using it as a uh, as a as a tool to you know be fired up yesterday. And I don't blame them. Like I that's you know, that's my QB one. you want to protect your guy. You want to defend him too, especially when he's injured. I just I did not like that. I did not like that. But it doesn't matter. Like it's not like I'm calling for anybody's job or anything like that. But people wanted to know my thoughts on it. So there's my thoughts. I didn't like it. Thought it was lame, but you know, what, what are you what are you gonna do? Just beat them next time make them pay for it beat them in basketball and in baseball i'll show them and then like because yeah i've seen people like retaliate wanting to retaliate and say we should post something about this and i'm like no just let let them let them be let them be dumb you you stick to what you do stick to what you do worried about the next game worried about the rest of stuff don't worry about all that nonsense too uh we're gonna get to our nissan moment i'm really excited about this coming up on the other side of the break here on the locked on razorbacks podcast Stay tuned. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, and I am so excited to to bring this in. Where Our partners here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast have been with Nissan, and we are so excited to welcome them on board to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. They've worked with us to create this new segment, across across all of locked on college networks and it's titled thrilling moments pretty self explanatory it's where we highlight the most exciting play from the razorbacks throughout the weekend game or throughout history of my alma mater and many of your alma maters the arkansas razorbacks and since uh, i was trying to think of some moments to really discuss here uh, on this uh, on this podcast and dealing with nissan but the one I wanted to bring up the most is more about history. Like because there were, like Arkansas lost this past weekend. So it's hard to really do thrilling plays. There was some good plays. But I wanted to bring back something, and I think it's perfectly timed for what we're doing here in uh in, in this podcast, too, at least at this point in time. Is I, I think that the first win that Sam Pittman had as an Arkansas Razorback head coach came against Mississippi State. And I think that's extremely fitting to have this week. So your Nissan thrilling moment is when Sam Pittman. Was able to take care of business in that first game and I'll, I'll take it back to my personal experience that i remember during that game that was actually on my birthday uh, the day of my birthday i was on october 3rd and it was in the 2020 season and that was when the uh season got pushed back because of COVID. so it was the second game of the year in the first saturday of october arkansas had just gotten smoked by george at home but they showed life they showed they showed promise and going into Mississippi State, you had lost like twenty some odd SEC straight games. You were you are a poverty program by most people's estimations. You were going up against Mike Leach and Mississippi State on the road. Like you, no one really gave you a chance, and no, nor should they have. But you went into this game, and you were able to shock the world. You were able to to go in there and not only because if you remember correctly, Mississippi State was coming off of a trouncing of LSU where Will Rogers, I was pretty sure it was Will Rogers back then. Yeah. He threw like 600 yards against LSU the first week, and everyone was like, holy balls. And Mississippi State was like ranked number 17, and everyone was like, this is insane, blah, 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 blah. Well, then Arkansas goes in, and defensively, they shut down Mississippi State. They hold them to 14 points. Arkansas is able to have some big plays, uh, especially on some, some really good play calling there by Kendall Bryles and, I think uh, Davion Warren, as well as uh, Hudson Henry, if you can believe it, were the guys that made the big touchdowns. You had a pick six there by Greg Brooks. Uh, just really held them in check and, and was able to get your first victory. It didn't come easy, but you got that monkey off your back. And I remember just the ecstatic nature that every Ragey Mac fan had because it's like, wow, we we did this. We, we finally won an SEC game. It had been so long. We had the idiot Chad Morris as a coach forever. Brett Bielman was trash. We finally did this. We finally did it, and we did it on the road against an SEC opponent. It was huge, and I think one of the best moments and something that I will still always remember about Sam Pittman was what he did and what he said in the locker room after that win against Mississippi State in 2020 and his first SEC win. Take a listen. There ain't no, oh, we're going to go out and recruit. We're going to go do this. going to whoever we had on the plane is all we need. Yes. Yeah. That's all we need. Yes. Your coaching staff did one hell of a job. Hell yeah, bro! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Now, the next thing I want to say to you is this. This is just the beginning. Then. Listen, listen, listen. 24-hour rule. We're gonna be back in Sunday. We gotta get some treatment now. Gotta get some treatment. Yes, to say I'm proud of you guys, an understatement. You do everything that we've asked you to do since we've been here. Everything. Do we believe? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, baby. Good win. Turn that damn jukebox. Hey, going to celebrate like hell. But look, I want to give this man the game ball, his first win. Hey, That was a great moment, and it was just the beginning, and hopefully it's continuing to build, and hopefully Arkansas can find a way to replicate some of that magic and end up beating Mississippi State this weekend in Starkville. And, I, again, that was just incredible. Again, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available online now at NissanUSA.com. Com. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.